0: Welcome to the Today is the Day podcast, where we take a deep dive into popular health topics and empower you to make informed, evidence-based decisions. We offer practical tools and strategies so you can easily integrate what you learn into your everyday habits. Today is the day we're coming back for a bonus bite-sized episode before we kick off season two to share with you a taste of the newest course coming from the Academy of Culinary Nutrition called everyday culinary nutrition.
1: We'll be covering the little things we do every day to make from scratch cooking manageable in our lives, the big decisions we've made recently that are changing how we eat, this challenge with grocery shopping that keeps us up at night, and our respective roles in the household when it comes to making meals.
0: Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm Megan Telpner, a nutritionist, two-time best-selling author, and founder of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, where we offer a 14-week certification program in culinary nutrition. I'm also the creator of a brand new course just launching with the Academy called Everyday Culinary Nutrition. And though he doesn't join me in teaching this new course, he is by my side always. Joining me in life and in podcasting is my co-host, Josh Catalis.
1: Hi everyone, I'm a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner with a clinic in downtown Toronto. I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Certification Program and an instructor with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition.
0: Josh and I have been living and eating the, quote, culinary nutrition way for over a decade, but we constantly are reminding ourselves that it is a journey. We definitely didn't start out where we are today.
1: We absolutely didn't. And we know that looking at what we do every day in our kitchen through social media, Instagram, Facebook, can make it seem overwhelming and maybe even complicated.
0: Right, and the thing is, it's not at all. If it were, I don't think we'd still be doing this. I actually think back to what I was attempting to do when I first got into nutrition 10, 12 years ago, that was complicated and unsustainable. But having done this for so long, I think we've really refined down the process. We find really easy, straightforward ways to make it simple while still ensuring that what we're eating is healthful and for me, more importantly than Josh in many cases, is also delicious. That's what inspired the new course, Everyday Culinary Nutrition. And if you want to get on the waitlist, go to culinarynutrition.com forward slash culinary because registration will be open for a limited time only. It's these simple tips and strategies we're chatting about today that I go way deeper on in the full course.
1: I've seen a few clips from this course and I think it's exactly what people are often looking for. You're answering the very important question, how do I start?
0: Do you remember how you started? Like, do you remember when you learned about something in nutrition you're like, oh my gosh, I have to start doing that.
1: Well, one of my big Eurekas is actually way before I started nutrition school, as a matter of fact.
0: Tell me about this. I, I don't think I know the story.
1: Yeah, I was in university and I knew my eating could be better. Right. And my buddy and I saw that there was a cooking class available at, I think it was Loblaws, like just our local grocery store. And we're like, we need to go and do that. And we went and did it. And one of the things we learned in that class was how to make a dressing from scratch. Huh? And I was like, you can make dressing from scratch?
0: Like a salad dressing.
1: Yes. And there was like this intuitive thing in me that when I would get a soup in a can, a uh, salad dressing that was pre-made or anything of the sort, it just didn't taste good.
0: No, it definitely does like doesn't.
1: Like I knew that that processed food was not as good as it could be if I made it from scratch.
0: I'm, I'm so glad I asked you that question because we hadn't planned it. And I didn't know that, That you had gone to this cooking class.
1: Well, we do this podcast to get to know each other (laughs) even more, Megan.
0: So let's talk about some of the little things we're doing every day that help us make this all manageable.
1: Well, people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. So it all begins before you go grocery shopping for the week. You want to make a meal plan. You want to set out what you want to eat for every meal throughout that week.
0: Yeah. And I think people typically kind of dread this meal planning process but you often refer to it as cheating. So you get all the work done ahead of time and then when it actually comes to meal time in the week it's done it's basically already done. It's done for us. And meal planning doesn't need to be incredibly complex. So the first couple times you do it, it it does take time and within the course actually within everyday culinary nutrition I offer you some templates. But what we've sort of refined it down to at this point is that I have a list, a shared notes on our phone of like, I don't know, 25 or 30 different meal options. And so when we plan for the week, I basically just copy and paste five to six of those meals for the week. And that's what we shop for. And then we know what we're having every day. And it's not a question first thing in the morning when we're scrambling to get ready, get our son ready to get to work and all these things that we're like, what are we going to do for dinner? What's for dinner? And it's also not that scramble when we get home and we have basically 30 minutes from when we get home to get dinner on the table. We don't have that stress and that commotion.
1: And that's the thing too, that I think overwhelms a lot of people is that people see cookbooks and websites and recipes here and recipes there. And they think they have to have like a ton of recipes in their toolkit, but, or in their recipe, you know, personal recipe book, but you really just need like a handful that you can cycle through. Like most people are cycling through a bunch of recipes every single week or every single month. Yeah. And if they're wholesome and have a lot of different foods in them, like a salad, for example, like just to give a really easy, quick example, you get a good variety, even though it might be repetition.
0: Right. And a lot of what we actually make on a nightly basis, which we also make enough to have lunch for the next day, don't, Need recipes at all. And a lot of this is what I teach in this course. Like, there are recipes for what we're making, but I also think it's really important to have the freedom to modify to personal taste, to seasons, to dietary needs. So I do cover that in the course. But so when we're cooking every night, we're not making these elaborate, complex meals. And I don't want to slam recipes because I you know, I am in the or cookbooks, rather, because I am in a bit of the cookbook business, having written one. And I think they're really amazing for inspiration. But it's unrealistic to think that out of the 21 meals you're going to make in a week, that you're going to need 21 different recipes to follow. You want your foundational ones, you make them a couple of times and you just know them. And that's how we have really simplified this. And that's what I stress to teach in everyday culinary nutrition.
1: Exactly. And that leads to our shopping list. So we make the meal plan and then that naturally leads to the list of foods that we need in order to carry out that meal plan.
0: Right. And again, like there's lots of apps for grocery shopping. We have a list on our phone in alphabetical order of Produce and basically, if we're shopping in our neighborhood, we shop at two or three different stores. If we're going to a big grocery store, we can get everything there. But we basically have a produce list and a health food store list, which is fresh food and commodity type ingredients. And so, we'll just go down that list and check off what we need to buy that week. And so, we go to the store, we buy that, and shopping with a list is so efficient. It saves you lots of money because you're not buying stuff that you don't end up using and then throwing away. And it also helps you to when you actually have to prepare a meal, you don't run into that situation that I'm sure everyone's been in where you're like, darn it, I have everything I need except this one main ingredient for this dish. So having that shopping list just saves you those last minute panics of having to zip out and get something or you know, throwing out the whole plan and ordering pizza.
1: So what are some things that we have stopped buying?
0: Right. So a lot of the things that we've committed to, and I feel like every time we go grocery shopping, we add a new one to the list. But from way back in the day, there were certain staples that were just, let's make them from scratch. They're so easy. They're so much more delicious. They're so much more nutritious and obviously fresh. So we make all of our own nut and seed milks which I will share with you in the course too. And there's so many ways to modify and customize and amp these up, which is really good. We make our own salad dressings. Mm -hmm. You're really into salad dressings.
1: Yeah. They're just so quick and easy and they taste great. And sometimes, you know, at work even, I keep it really simple. I load up my plate with great salad stuff, like at least seven ingredients. You're a big fan of that. I'm a
0: big fan of the seven ingredient salad.
1: And that's where all the flavor is. And then I just, basically spill some olive oil on top of it. And that does it for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what we love doing and what specifically, I mean, we, but we take turns with most of these things, but so on Sunday, I'll take a bottle or a jar and you put in a little bit of your oil of choice. So let it be an olive oil, flax oil, hemp oil, those are kind of the main ones we tend to use for salad dressing. There's lots of options. Walnut oil, pumpkin seed oil is another great one. So we'll put in our oil of choice. Then we add a little bit of an acid like a lemon juice or cider vinegar or balsamic vinegar, and then a flavoring. So sometimes it's Dijon mustard with a little bit of maple syrup or different herbs or some grated ginger and a little lime juice and maybe a little bit of some spice. So there's so many different ways. We pick a different dressing each week, and that's basically what we use for the week. And it's just one of those easy things. It's one less thing to buy, which sal- store-bought salad dressings full of weird emulsifiers and stuff. And you're getting in the best quality ingredients and your salad's going to taste better. Another thing we make from scratch that I feel like hummus is like the signature thing that's in every healthy eating person's refrigerator. We stopped buying hummus. We started making it from scratch. And I share my favorite hummus recipe in everyday culinary nutrition, but there's such an amazing opportunity to modify it each time. So it's not always the same thing by adding things like steamed beets or steamed squash or artichoke hearts or, you know, different types of beans. There's so many different ways to make your hummus. Like you're basically bedazzling it.
1: Right. in the hummus we used to get mostly was one in a plastic container, which we really didn't like. And it used oils that weren't the best, like sunflower oil, which is not necessarily a horrible thing, but you can have more control when you make it yourself, putting in other oils, a variety of oils like olive oil or whatever's your oil of choice in that moment.
0: So these three things we talked about, a nut, seed, milk, salad dressing, and like a dip, a bean dip. Each one of these takes no more than, I'd say five minutes, maybe 10 minutes if you include the actual washing of the appliance you use. So it's like these little things that actually have a huge impact. It affects your, the cost of your groceries and improves the nutrition.
1: Well, here's the breakdown. Here's really what you're trading. Tell me what we're trading. One, you're trading nutrition. So when someone else is doing it for you, the processing of that food is decreasing the amount of nutrition and they're probably not using the best ingredients. Right. Two, you're compromising more of our environment because there's more garbage involved. Right. Okay. So even from the plastic to a can of beans, you're going from plastic to tin. That could be recycled much easier. And then if you're using just raw beans, then you're not using any of that. And then three, you're saving money. Yeah. Right. So by doing more of the processing yourself, yes, it's taking you more time, but you are saving more money in the long run. And you can do things like batch, make some of these things and then freeze them, which also saves you time in the long run as well. Which
0: I also share in everyday culinary nutrition. By the way, you should get on the waitlist at culinarynutrition.com slash culinary. Now, recently you and I made kind of a big decision that is taking us on basically the next step of our journey. We're constantly looking to improve and evolve. What was that decision we made, Josh?
1: Well, I put my arm around you one day after work and I <laughs> said, come with me. Let's look at our cupboard. Our you pantry, did. if you will, of all of our, you know, non-perishable foods. Right. And I said to you, Megan, what in here could we make ourselves? Right. And we were, we're committed to taking it to the next level. So coconut milk, It's not something that a lot of people think they can make themselves, but you can do it. And then you can freeze it and have it. We typically get it in cans, but we want to phase that out. And then another, which is also next level, is making our own nut butters.
0: Yeah, that's, that's our next. We haven't started this yet.
1: We have not started it, but I've already looked into it. I've found a machine that's going to grind our nuts for us and make them into nut butters and then we save on all those glass jars on the shipping of those glass jars and we just have to get the nuts in bulk
0: and we get and we can get nuts that are they're going to be fresher before they've been ground down into a nut butter and sure. it's just part of our sort of goal towards self-sufficiency and then the next step that we're also looking at is to further reduce plastic in other ways so really can we buy things in bulk with the containers we bring to the store versus buying things in plastic packages. And that's not what I cover in the course, but that's what Josh and I are working towards. And I've actually made some really cute produce bags out of old t-shirts to sort of expand our options. So we don't have to buy another thing to then reduce our plastic consumption. Let's see how we can use what we have. And to be perfectly honest, like this is a bit of a hobby for us, but it's also been remarkably empowering To gain these new levels of self-sufficiency.
1: For sure. And just a quick little story that happened to me two days ago.
0: Two days ago.
1: I brought my own glass container to the butcher. Right. And handed it to the butcher and someone was beside me and said, that's a good idea. And that's how change happens. It's just little ideas that spread and people say or see and, and are like, okay, I could do that too.
0: Right. And last summer we bought wild blueberries. In bulk. Like we bought them by the what do they call it? It's not a quart. It's not a bushel. Is it a bushel?
1: It was, I think, 30 pounds.
0: It was no. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Or 15
1: pounds? Now I'm forgetting.
0: But it was a lot of wild blueberries, locally grown, locally harvested. And I was and then we finished, we had a jar of jam. And we always have this ridiculous debate that only two nutritionists would have buying jam. Is do you buy the biodynamic one that has the sugar in it? Or do you buy the organic one that has a fruit concentrate? And I was just like, I'm done. I'm going to start making our own jams. So it's these little things because one of the things that's really, really challenging both of us personally right now is just the amount of plastic consumption. So anything we can do to reduce the plastic we bring into our home is helping both of us sleep a bit better at night.
1: We probably won't be able to eliminate plastic 100% for a while. If we ever want a cauliflower, we have to get it in plastic, basically. We can't find cauliflowers that are not in plastic. Right. Except in the summer from the farmer's market. Right.
0: Same with berries. Berries come in those little clamshells that, for whatever reason, sit on like a little maxi pad of, of cottony, plasticky stuff to absorb excess moisture. So part of that is learning to eat more seasonally. But really, all we want you guys to take away is not to do everything we're doing because, again, we're all on our own journey. The idea is to just continue trying to trying out new things and seeing where you can take it and, and where you can push yourselves. And the last thing we want to talk about is when it comes to making meals and making culinary nutrition part of every day, We each have our own role when it comes to making meals. And our own role is that we basically have the same role, but we take turns with it. So everybody in the home needs and should be part of the meal planning, prepping, cooking, and cleaning up process.
1: Yes. And Megan and I both have areas where we definitely shine. And we have areas where we let the other person do what they shine at. So it's a great balance.
0: It's really nice to be able to share the load of this. We are both working full-time. And so when we can come home, and I know that... Josh has dinner taken care of and I can hang with our little, our little boy and vice versa, or that I'll come home and get straight into the kitchen. I am a torrent in the kitchen, as you'll see in everyday culinary nutrition. But I know that Josh will take care of the cleanup. That's always nice. And so, you know, you can focus on your strengths, but dividing and conquering can be really powerful when it comes to mealtime. And ultimately, there should be one meal made for everyone in the household and make it delicious. And what I looked at when I was creating everyday culinary nutritional focusing it on recipes that easily allow those in the household to customize and modify as needed to their own specific tastes, taking into account, of course, that you may have a selective eater, often referred to as the picky eater, but I don't like that term.
1: Now, we also appreciate that not every household has two capable adults being able to cook every single meal uh, or do their fair share. So, you know, just... Try to get everyone to participate, even kids, uh, no matter how old they are. They can help cut up vegetables. They can help in any way they can. And then, if there is one person that's a lot more capable in the kitchen, uh, just make sure maybe the other person can do one, two, or even three meals when need be, because we're not always in a perfect situation. You know, sometimes the other partner's sick or the other one needs to kick in, or the other one's late. It, you know, we run into these situations where we need to be able to share those responsibilities. Yes,
0: and if you're on your own for mealtime, don't think that healthy cooking needs to be a complicated meal. One pot dinners are the best thing ever, and they're often easily batch prep friendly and freezeable, so that you don't feel like you're constantly putting in so much effort for a meal that you eat in five minutes. I want to thank everybody and you, Josh, of course, so much for joining to go through this episode and these important tips. And we hope you'll give some of them a try. We hope that you had at least one, as Josh likes to call it, Eureka. Be like, huh, I can start doing this. Um, If you love this episode and are feeling inspired and perhaps like you can take on a little culinary nutrition style cooking in your life, please head over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash culinary. This course is designed to be accessible for everyone, whether it's that first dive in or to serve as that spark to get you back to healthful, simple cooking from scratch. It's gluten-free, it's dairy-free, there's vegan-friendly options, paleo-friendly options, there's modifications if you're cooking solo, if you're cooking for a large family, it's for everyone.
1: And I've seen some of the clips and there's also some special effects.
0: (laughs) There are some special (laughs) effects in this one.
1: Having had the tough job of eating the massive amounts of food tested and created for the filming of this course, Everyday Culinary Nutrition, I can attest to the deliciousness and importance of this course.
0: This is culinary nutrition made easy for everyday living and everyday eating.
1: Knowledge is important, but applying it is where the power is. As I always say, the best way to get started is to get started. Take what you've learned and start applying it in your life.
0: Stay tuned because we'll be back in a couple weeks with season two.